report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And today, we're excited to welcome back to the show, Erin. Erin, welcome back. It's good to have you. Hi. Thanks, guys. I'm so excited to be back. Yeah. Talking Book of Boba Fett. I'm excited to hear yes. your thoughts on the show and dive into this episode. This will be a fun one. <laughs> I, Especially for me, especially the cameo that happens in this one, because you couldn't have asked for a better cameo. Which for, one? For... There were several. No, <laughs> we're talking. We're talking the best okay. one. Okay, the <laughs> best one. Well, Tom, Hands down. Tom, what yes. are we reviewing today for those who maybe haven't looked at the title of the episode? <laughs> OK, well, today we're going to be uh, doing our review of the book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett, chapter three, The Streets of Mos Espa. This was directed by Robert Rodriguez and written by John Favreau. And in this episode, Boba Fett must deal with two very different threats. They, they keep up the trend of very short, very vague descriptions. <laughs> I, I have no problem. I, like, I like them, though. the same thing for last episode. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it was like it was, pretty... It seemed like a very similar synopsis. Yeah, it was like Boba Fett <laughs> faces like, new challenges on Tatooine. Okay. And then for the first one, he holds court. So, you know, uh, we're, we're so, adding words. Um, I'm assuming next week's will be <laughs> Boba Fett must deal with two very different challenging threats. There you uh, go. While he holds court. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, I like it, though, because, like, at least it's not... It, 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 there's no spoilers. doesn't really give you uh, much of an inkling of what's going to happen. It's... Uh, it, it, I like it. It's nice. Boba Fett yeah. is going to do things. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, I have to say, with the things that are going to do things, I really appreciated how the show opened, where uh, 8D8 finally explained what happened to Jabba's territory after he died. We get that explanation finally after how many episodes? Three. This is, yeah, <laughs> no, this is the third episode. So. Yeah. But like but at least we got some kind of explanation. Yeah. Or an hour and a half in once that opens. Yeah. Yeah. No, it I I liked like like you. I really appreciated it because I felt like um it wasn't super clear, you know, kind of and, and they didn't go into complete detail, right? But I, I guess Bib Fortuna took over. We knew that. And um without I guess Jabba's power, he splits up Mos Espa among three families, the Trandoshans, the Aquilish, and the Clatoonians. Clatoonians. Um and I guess that explains why we see so many of like the Trandoshans in all the shots near like the mayor's office, for mm -hmm. example. Um, Didn't Jabba have more than just Mos Espa? So that was the question I was. Yeah, that's ask. interesting. So, and actually, let's Aaron, I will throw it to to you first. So I'm very curious to hear <laughs> your your thoughts on this because I was under the impression that Jabba controlled like the planet or the maybe even part large so part of the too. sector. I thought so too because um, uh, I, I never thought that Moss Eisley was that uh, impressive of mm -hmm. a region to rule. I was like, well, okay, then surely he just he, and he's far, far, you know, his palace is far away from the actual cities itself. So I was like, okay, so he's just you know controlling the entire place. That would make sense because what we saw from the original trilogy so far, Moss Eisley wasn't that. Um, and now that it's sprawling, it didn't seem like a very big city. Mm -hmm. And of course, Mos Espa is changing that. But mm -hmm. but yeah, I I would have assumed very easily that, yeah, he controlled the entire place. And I know Star Wars has a tendency to, um, you know, like have like, you know, one world biomes or whatever. Like this whole planet is a forest. There's nothing else, you know. Um, right. But... <laughs> And so, like, you know, I think in some many cases they tried to add, you know, m more shades of gray in there. Be like, oh, no, no, it's just the part of the planet we saw, which I appreciate. Um, but in other cases, I don't know, in this case, it just it felt like it almost uh, like I, I don't know who else is on Tatooine. And I don't know. It just seemed to go. It was different than what I feel like had well, been established in prior films in the EU. It was a surprise. Mm -hmm. 
Well, but could you could you throw in there the Pikes? I mean, do you think the Pikes had already established um, a base on Tatooine before Jabba? Or did you think they established it after Jabba was um, basically taken out by Leia? It seemed to me I mean, like they came afterwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, I just Still the, the way that they were here. running that that train through their through the sand desert, mm-hmm. um, the sand desert, Lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Uh, the, the, dune, the Dune Sea. The dune I have so sea. many questions. Yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but like, just it seemed like their equipment was transported there from somewhere else like it didn't look like it belonged it looked new and that they were bringing their existing equipment to their new territory yeah that's i mean i can give you yeah i can give you an easier one which is we java had to have at least been responsible for moss eisley Mm -hmm. yeah because he's he was willing to go personally into moss eisley to shake down one of his you know escaping employees in Han Solo. So <laughs> yes. that's a good point. I mean, it, it's possible it's just Moss Espa and Moss Eisley, but my guess is the fact that this episode only mentions Moss Espa means I maybe other groups picked up those cities and Boba's only focusing on Moss Espa for the moment, or mm. yeah, maybe, maybe something along there. Maybe they retcon it by saying Jabba had a lot more of a larger territory and then Bib Fortuna couldn't control it. And so he only really kept Mas Espa and then split it amongst the three different families. Maybe they go that kind of route, but I don't know. I guess like I was surprised and while I appreciated the explanation, it felt like it almost made the galaxy feel a little smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially I guess later, you know, when the, the, the twins come back again and they pretty quickly just when they're when we'll talk we'll talk about the assassination attempt. But when the assassination attempt fails, they just like throw up their hands. They give Boba an apology and they just walk off. And like we don't actually care about this dust ball, which is again interesting. It's like uh, hmm. Did, did did they really now? I mean, they are hot. I, they said they didn't want to fight with the Pikes, and so they were just going to go straight back to okay, that, that is, So that is true. So uh, what if, let me posit something barely supported in the episode, but I think maybe you could help explain this a little bit. Uh, what if they inherited the rest of Jabba's empire and they just don't care about a single planet and it's not worth fighting for just that little piece of it? That's a good point. I, see it. I mean, if it was just Mos Espa, I could see them being like, we don't care about the city of Mos Espa. You can have it. You know, mm-hmm. so I guess if it is smaller, that makes their motivations even more... Um, clear i guess but yeah it was interesting i i hope they expand on this more going forward uh and that we kind of get a better sense because it, it kind of took jabba from like this big criminal who's like can reach across the galaxy and find you wherever you are almost you know and he'll pay bounty hunters to go after you anywhere uh to be like oh he's just this guy who kind of controls this one city and the <laughs> mayor's cool. kind of a jerk and you know doesn't well, <laughs> so much so, of a jerk he runs away <laughs> The, the more I think about this, the more I I don't think that can be an interpretation. Because, like, we know Han was running Spice. Boba doesn't seem to really be interested in that. Yeah. And I guess we have, the, yeah. we have the Pike train as evidence that maybe there is Spice trading and stuff going on. But it it feels to me more like Boba has taken a particular piece of Java's empire, so to speak. Like, this place on Tatooine. And we still don't really know what his motivation is yet. Right. But I suspect it's not, you know, to be the biggest, baddest drug runner in the galaxy. It's but, probably to, you know, hey, there's people, there are good people here on Tatooine and I can give them a better life than the crime lord that's been leading them for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm you know, curious, Aaron, what, what's we've talked about this on the on, our, on the podcast before. I'm curious, what do you think Boba's motivations are for wanting to be the daimyo of Tatooine? <sighs> Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, since we're getting that backstory of how he survived the Sarlacc pit, and then you know the Tuscans take him in, make him one of their own, and then we see in this episode that they are, or well, in the flashback that they end up destroyed by, um, is it the Clatoonian gang? I. Uh- 
Yes, so. and I just want to be very clear. William, I blame you for what has happened here. What? You can, you can go to last week's episode Wait, and you're like, oh. you know what? I think I'm done with the Tuscans. I don't think we need them anymore. And oh, what yeah, happens? thanks, William. They're oh, I've, gone. I thought yeah. you were going to say because I, I called the flashbacks flashbacktas. Okay, I mean, well, well, now I, I got a better one coming for you, so you guys better prepare for this one. Uh, no, that was, I mean, okay, you know, well, I think my point more was like, I'm, I'm done with, like, I'd love to see them go other places and do other things than just like downtown Mas Espa and the Tuscan right. camp. Um, and boy, that's sure easier when they're all dead, William. <laughs> <laughs> William, you did it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, um, that was just such a sad scene, though. It's awful. So yeah. It is, and it's supposed to be. Yeah. But yeah. it also sets the stage for his, what I think is his motivation now. And that, yeah. you know, he has been educated on the, you know, the native peoples of Tatooine. And he's seen what the warring factions have done. The out-of-towners that come in for the spice running, for the other criminal activity, whatever. So he... I think he wants to get justice for them. And mm-hmm. since he's he's on this road of, you know, uh, where I'm going to rule by respect, um, that would make the most sense. Yeah. 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 I think I think you might be right. You know, and that's. Yeah, I, I think that that's really the only thing I think that explains why he wants to all of a sudden take over Jabba's criminal empire, because he's. You know, he doesn't want to be a bounty hunter anymore. Um, but yeah, it's like, why does he want to take over job what Jabba had? And and honestly, Jabba doesn't have that much. Like he's slowly getting more uh more people in his entourage, but he he I mean, as we see in this episode, that that the size of uh, his his team size grows quite a bit, but um mm-hmm. But uh well, well with yeah. the with the Mos Espa Vespa ban- uh gang. <laughs> the Mos Espa Vespas. <laughs> yeah. Mos we, Espa we've just, Vespas. We've we've just called them the Mos Vespas. <laughs> nah, I, I think I think yeah, it's better. I, can, can you see it now? Hi, welcome to Mos Espa, where you can buy a Mos Espa Vespa. <laughs> Hi! Republic credits only. Republic credits. Oh, new Republic credits. <laughs> Whatever. Just credits. It's so, only you know, money. Look, of all the crossovers we were going to see with the Disney acquisition, I was not expecting the Star Wars Pixar Luca crossover. <laughs> Just... Hey, wait a minute. I liked Luca. I did too. I, well, I love Luca. The bit of it that I've seen. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So what did you guys think of the street gang or the mods as, a, as the, uh, the mods, as they're called? Uh, the Mas Vespas, I like that though. <laughs> I thought it was a fascinating concept that felt poorly implemented. I uh, I, uh, I don't know. I yeah. it it took me out of it like pretty hard because here's this group of kids who are complaining about having no money, mm-hmm. having no jobs, and yet they are you know cybernetically modified out the wazoo. They have these brand new shiny incredibly clean like pristine yeah little scooters and then they're stealing water yeah like this looks like a gang that should be on you know the course on under levels yeah. not mm-hmm. running the streets of Mosas- uh, no, mos espa where was, they're very out of place they yeah are. And, yeah and that's and that's something where i think i've i've been saying this for the past couple episodes that it seems like this everything in this world is just a little too clean and with this cybernetic Vespa gang, they were way too clean, way too clean. I mean, those Vespas look like they were perfect. You know, the, the cybernetic thing, I'm like, I'm not sure within the Star Wars universe how far. I mean, if they make it work, I could probably see cybernetics. Uh, then again, Darth Vader is part cybernetic anyway. But I, I'm not sure about yeah. it. It's a fascinating concept. I'd like to see where they go with it. There's possibilities. I mean, I guess they're very handy. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) they they are. Yeah. And they got some cool abilities. I guess they had to explain with, with right now, nobody respects Boba clearly. Uh, And so how could he get a group of, you know, uh, some more followers? Well, I guess when you have a bunch of, you know, uh, young kids who are out of work and, 
uh, kind of looking for something to do, I guess they'll go work for Boba. And, and, and mm-hmm. so, you know, I guess that, um, I, I guess that helps explain how he's able to, to hire more people. The whole subplot though felt a little weird though. Cause like you have Lortha Peel, the, the watermonger, uh, who, who comes to Boba for help. He comes to Boba's throne room and he's like, Hey, uh, uh, these these you know cybernetically enhanced youths are these hooligans, <laughs> yeah, yeah are, are stealing my water. Are you hooligans? Yeah, and he's like, I'm so offended on your behalf, Boba, because they're disrespecting you and crimes up, and I'm offended I, on your behalf. And <laughs> I struggled the entire because this all happens before the the title crawl or title mm-hmm. reveal, whatever. And I right, not like this show tends to be on more. Um, I'm gonna be super strained with its dialogue. Like there's just not a ton of it to begin with. But I just felt like every single line leading up to the title crawl just was making me cringe. Not in like a, oh, that's a cringeworthy line, but it's like a, just, this feels so poorly written. Mm-hmm. Like either no one talks this way or you're trying to like, it felt like they were trying to like give off a particular vibe or theme, mm-hmm. but then nothing else in the scene or the character's actions acted upon that. Like, ah, this watermonger is clearly being suspicious. I'm going to go straight to like and investigate what he's looking into. Like with, yeah. I'm taking his claims at face value. Right. Well, I think, uh, I think to, to your point, Stephen, part of the, part of the thing that I struggle with, and this has been a common theme is like in every single throne room scene or whenever they go visit the mayor, it's always mm-hmm. played for laughs. Really, or like, or the they're being clearly disrespectful, you know, um, but like trying to hide it under, you mm. know, oh, I'm just, I'm offended on your behalf, you know, uh, and it's it's almost it's cheesy, but it gets, yeah, um, it it feels almost kind of marvelly, where it's like I was I was rewatching the Empire Strikes Back this weekend, and I was like, you know, while there's funny lines, it's always very serious. Like the the plot is serious, the the dialogue is funny, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it's always played in a serious manner, and I feel like this is always more like the the show is winking at you, like <laughs> enjoying this, and so yeah, it feels more like a Marvely <laughs> type of humor in some and, ways. And I, I I think the one character that brings that out the most is the mayor second in command, mm-hmm. that Twilek. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's uh, the one that is the one character that even from the first episode bothers me for exactly the reason you were saying, William. He kind of reminds See, he kind of looks like kinda... you, Tom, in some ways. Oh, God. Look, <laughs> I feel like I you would, as a Twi'lek would be hey, the major I'm domo. I'm telling you, any cosplay, it's that guy from Resistance that sits at the bar. That's the only cosplay so, I will do. See, hang on. So, Tom, I'm actually fascinated because the, the Twi'lek assistant is actually the one character that I feel like doesn't bother me. Really? He speaks the same way that the the he water does, but I though. feel like his character that that is his character in my mind. Yeah, like he's meant to be the sleazy assistant kind of thing who's trying okay. to speak out okay. of two mouths. Okay, and there's 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 sleazy, and then there's comical. I mean, I hate to say this, but <laughs> the the these we're, I'm gonna go there. The chase scene with the with the Mos Vespa Espas or whatever you want to call them. Um, <laughs> That to me, when he was doing all that that driving, that to me was just so over the top. But oh, it was. But no way. But I will defend this. That was Robert Rodriguez style. Because remember, I defended it when Boba Fett was introduced to the Mandalorian. How he took out all those stormtroopers was the total Robert Rodriguez style. And that to me was the one spot of this episode that actually worked very well because you understand how he directs. But I just think he was just a tad too over the top. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. done. Well, so, and I think, wow, we've got so much about this episode to, to talk about. I guess the the one thing I wanted to, to, to discuss with all of you was, um, you know, the so we, we've got Lorth Appeal, and of course, we were talking about how he is, his, his acting is a little bit over the top uh, at times. But I thought more of the, the um, behind the scenes was, inter- or the uh, his intent was interesting, where he's coming to Boba, and basically saying, "Hey, these these kids are stealing my water. I want you to deal with it." Um, and and so I get it. Almost, I guess it's it's interesting to see Boba basically just taking like fetch quests from his vassals. Mm. Uh, that you know what that that's a good way yeah. to put it. You know, Lorian did it too. So that's true. It is. Actually, I, yeah. Oh, except except 
Boba is now in a position of authority in some ways. Right. But you but you're you're not wrong, Aaron. You're, you're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> so here, William, I've got I've got an analogy for you for this that I, I think you'll appreciate and will also explain why I think I struggled with this opening so much. This felt if like if you were to just describe the events, I would describe this as like your quintessential like bioware mass effect fetch quest. Someone comes to you <laughs> yes. and is like, hey. I have a problem and I need you to solve it. And you're like, of course, I would love to go solve your problem. And then you get there and you was like, oh, you know, they told me that there were these, you know, vagabonds that were on my land. They were stealing my water. But then you get there and you find, oh, like the people who are stealing water, it's because the water, like, and the episode doesn't do a good job of conveying like a scale, but like the water costs, what was it? Like a, a week's rations or a day's rations? 1,300 credits, I think they owed him. And, and they only ended up paying 500 yeah, it, but, it seems to be trying to create like a, oh, the person who came to, to Boba was trying to scam people. And now Boba gets to make, you know, this nuanced decision of do you support the people who are scamming for water that came to you in the first place? Or do you betray mm -hmm. him and help, you know, the people who are being on the other side yeah. of this? And not and only you, not only do that, but give them jobs. And you discover. Yeah. And you discover this kind of moral nuance after the fact. And I think it was everything just leading up to that was so cheese inducing and like awkwardly written and like odd characters that you end up just not really, I don't know, get it. Like it just, it didn't end up working for me. I, I love, I love your analogy of the Bioware, <laughs> the Bioware quest. It's, it's, you can it's so accurate. Yeah. <laughs> it's so accurate. Uh, oh so man. Um, but yeah, so anyway, he, they end up, the, the, it's interesting. Cause like, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm torn, right? On the one hand, the the, the whole, this, the concept of this quest and the mods felt very out of place, but their their look felt, they're more very cyberpunky, and I guess they might have fit in better on Coruscant. On Tatooine, they definitely felt uh, out of place. Yes. But I, I could also see this being maybe a group of kids that just, like, want to, they, they, they want to be cool, and they, almost like Luke, they wish they could be off of Tatooine, but they're stuck there, and so... You know, they're it, they're kind of doing their I, thing. I think it is just that they're too clean for Tatooine. Like if too clean um, for Tatooine, geez. nice. Well, like if you if you think about like what is I think I hear a song coming on. That's a song like title you, right there. No, probably. Uh, but like if you go and watch like episode one again, you know, Anakin is filthy from being out on the sandstorms and working. You know, the right. people in town are filthy. And like I, I accept that the buildings aren't going to look quite the same because, you know, movie set versus TV set, the budget's going to be different. And, you know, spraying everything down with a, you know, paint, dirt paint or whatever the I don't know how you do the practical effect for this. Uh, you know, that that's time and money, which they may or may not have. I, I have an but, idea. You get and, like a bunch of water and a handful of dirt and you put water on it and you throw it, it on the buildings and, and then yeah. you film <laughs> because it all stuck. But, like, go. but I think like stuff down. <laughs> yeah, I think about like the pod racers that we see yeah. and, yeah. you know, um, like C-3PO is a good example when we meet him on episode in episode one. He's not in a particularly clean state. He's all exposed wires and rough edges mm -hmm. and different colors. And like, I love the idea of like, uh, you know, Tatooine vagabonds that, you know, have like a protocol droid arm sticking off that's misshapen or miscolored and doesn't quite do what they want to do. Cause of yep. course it's expensive and you know, you can't even get working parts in Tatooine. That sounds really cool to me. The, the choices we got in this episode just kind of undermine that coolness factor. Steve, but I, I think actually I realized you know what happened. The, 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 these kids, you know, normally water on Tatooine is very reasonably priced, you know, um, unless you go over your, 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 your limit, right? Cause there's a reasonable limit uh. for each person on Tatooine. After that, they start to jack up the prices because, you know, they just don't have enough for, for everyone. Uh, it's just use as much water as they want. And these kids, they were constantly pouring, using water to clean off their, uh, their yeah. Vespas uh. all the time. Every go. time they stopped, they wiped down those Vespas. They spent 1300 credits on water. That's like so you much know, water. And that's why, that's why they owe Lorth appeal so much. Maybe, yeah, maybe would, they should get, a, 
Maybe they should get a hold of Jawas because Jawas may have a thing to where they could use like maybe Jawa wax to where they sit there like, you know, we our version of turtle wax, but Jawa wax. And they can use that to clean off their Vespas. Yeah. Vespa Vespas. I, I, I feel bad. I, I know we're all kind of being a little down on this. And I feel bad. I think the a lot of this episode was so super awesome. And um, we'll talk about that more. There's so the many cameo really cool... coming up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting to see how much this has divided a lot of fans. Actually, some some like it and some are like, oh, my gosh, I hate it. To the point where, uh, did you see the quote from Tamara Morrison on uh, in the Hollywood Reporter? Uh, it was no. very diplomatically phrased. <laughs> um, he was asked about Uh-oh. the bikers, and he replied, "Quote: Some of these things are out of our control. We can't really say as performers, we don't want to work with these people. That's not good enough. They brought a lot of color to it. I thought they were great. They were working hard." End quote. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's yeah. Yeah. That's saying more than and, okay. just what yeah. he said. <laughs> but, but again, but again, like I said. The main thing about the show is it's a little too clean. Yeah. I've been saying that. And I think right there, I, I, I think that kind of, we, we've been, it, it, it's, it is Star Wars. You have to give it that. This is definitely Star Wars. This is in the universe. It has all the elements, but you're on a desert planet that has, you know, sandstorms and you're beaten down by the sun and, and it's just, you would think there'd be a lot more weathering, a lot more, you know, that the people are more, more downhearted and, and trodden and all the other stuff with it. And it's just, it, it's missing, it, it's missing that. And the Espa Vespas kind of <laughs> like the concept, but I think a couple I, of them were a little too over the top and too clean. I'd, I'd, I wonder if the difference has to do with the fact that we are in Mos Espa and not Mos Eisley, mm-hmm. which, which Mos Eisley I, seemed to be kind of the the poorer area, the right. you know not so fancy. Because I mean that that cantina that they keep going back to is um, a nice cantina, very fancy. yeah, very nice. The, the Twi'leks are very nice. You know everything's shiny and sparkly and pretty. So um, it's it could be just the difference between kind of like you know a backwater country town right. and a shiny pretty city. And and I th- I think I brought that up in the last episode too. I I completely agree that 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 might be the case, you know, because look at how long this has been since you know the, the episode where where Boba Fett ended up in some, in the Sarlacc pit. So time has passed. This city's grown. This is more metropolitan than Mos Eisley. So I I can accept a lot of that. Yeah, and I I do want to say I despite the fact that I'm I would say very critical of the these particular sequences that's not a comment against the actors or the directors or the writers right right they're all creative choices and i am more than happy to critique the creator creative choices and disagree with them and wish they'd done something different but right. like it's not my cup of tea and you know there are other people who's it is their cup of tea or they do enjoy it and more power to them yep yeah, right. yeah. well okay so let's Let's switch gears. Enough of the uh, <laughs> how did the um, the audio descriptions call well, it the William. levitating candy colored scooters? <laughs> William, and, William uh, I don't think the Vespas have gears, so I don't know if we can actually. I th- they seem oh to have God. like one speed. Uh, they have one speed, switch repulsor levels. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but okay, so so we get that flashback and. I know we talked about it briefly. It's very sad to see all the Tuscans uh, uh, die. I think, you know, that sets up Boba's motivation. But the way they ended the flashback really surprised me. I that I was like, whoa. Um, and what did you guys think of the, the, the fist fight with Black Kersantan? That was my second favorite cameo right there. I... He's fighting him in his underwear (laughs) (laughs) okay but put it this way you can't put your armor on when you're in a back to tank (laughs) no no it is very uncomfortable yeah and he didn't have enough room (laughs) he didn't have everything right there well but it it was i I gotta say in some cases it was a brutal fight i mean you to see to to see the uh black chris can just just grab boba and just squeeze and i think even heard some audio effects of like a bone crack you're like, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, there were a few of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was Thanks. just great. Very, very um, 
uh, just just a very visual, visceral reminder of how insanely strong Wookiees are. Because yeah, you know we're used to Chewie, who and oh yeah, he jokes that oh you can you know tear your arms off or whatever, but we don't ever really actually see that too much. I mean, there was one in uh, Solo, but yeah, I was but yeah, say, we, yeah, we see their raw power for mm-hmm. sure. Like, don't you forget these big fluffy walking carpets are. Still very, very dangerous. For a minute, I thought the, maybe one of the Gamorrean guards was going to lose an arm. <laughs> yeah, and the moment when he bites out of like remember. the Gamorrean's like shoulder or oh. arm was oh, that was brutal. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. so bad he needed the back to tank. He needed Bo- yeah. the Gamorrean guard needed Boba's back to tank. In order and, to and good on Boba for providing health care for his employees. <laughs> you know, absolutely, uh, especially at this day and age. I mean, we don't know what health care is on Mos Espa. You know, we, we kind of figure Mus Eisley, well, it's hit and miss, but Mus Espa, great. <laughs> They've got the good hospitals there, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it was it was a it was a it was a cool fight. Um, we get to kind of see the 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 Mas Vespas um, uh, come to Boba's uh, Boba's aid. And of course, the Gamoran guards as well. So it, I, I enjoyed it. Um Two questions for you guys, though. One, where was Fennec Shand? Why didn't she come help till the end? Hopefully we'll find out in the next episode. I don't know. (laughs) I saw some interesting theories that maybe she's... Maybe it was intentional. Maybe she's not fully aligned with Boba Fett. I don't know. I'd like to think she's still on his side, but maybe... I wonder if maybe she was keeping an eye on the new the new kids and didn't react until they did. Possible. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. Boba did just kind of adopt a, a couple of street orphans, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is true. And actually we a lot of we while there were what, six, seven, eight of them that Boba at least offered a job to, I think only four are seen in the rest of the episode. Now I was gonna wait a minute, there were That's eight? Fair. I only remember four. In, they're all standing uh, in a group. With, there was a big group. There was a bunch of okay. them I didn't remember ever seeing. Maybe later. like six or seven. Six, maybe. Yeah, yeah, six or seven okay. probably seems accurate. I didn't okay, actually I'll have count, to watch it one more time. Yeah. Um, and I guess the other... I don't know. I I think it was the shiny Vespas that kind of like, you know, blurred the vision of how many were there. <laughs> yeah, your focus. You couldn't couldn't see them for yeah. all the shiny. <laughs> yeah. Those would be pretty cool, though. Vespas are a big thing now. Anyway. Oh, we're never going to get off these Vespas. Oh, um, no, we're going to get off those Vespas. <laughs> William, but that's the whole point, is they're easy to dismount, and I just don't... don't... Well, if only Kersantin had had a Vespa, maybe he could have escaped, but no, he fell into the Rancor pit instead. And they dealt with him pretty quickly. I mean, he, he fell, falls into the Rancor pit, um, you know, one dinner, you know, breakfast, maybe brunch later, Um and Boba's like letting him go, and yeah, after the well, the huts apologize for sending but, him. But didn't he also just let him go and say no hard feelings? And he did, yeah, yeah. I mean, he of all people would know that it's just a job. Exactly, that's yeah. classic Boba. I, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Do you, is this the last we'll see of Kersantin? I'd love to see him again. It. It kind of seems like it might be the end, though. Yeah. Uh, but I for him uh, and the huts, because the huts yeah. I think are gone. You know, this is. I don't know. know. I think like go, no. go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead. I I feel like they're the way that they were just like, oh, haha, we're just gonna go away. Bye. I feel like it was. <sighs> it feels like a trap to me. Mm-hmm. Um, a way for Boba to kind of put his guard back down thinking, okay, the huts are off my tail, and then they surprise and come back with, I don't know, more force or something. Well, um, it, it, that I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that. I, well, I don't trust them. <laughs> okay, so, so here's, here's the question. So they're walking away, but they leave a gift of a full, fully grown, or actually, you know, a rancor. The best so, kind of gift. <laughs> oh, yeah, the best kind of gift that you can give anybody on, as a going-away gift. So... It does kind of set up the possibility it could be it's a trap for Boba Fett. Uh-huh. Oh, for sure, he's going to be like they already set it up. He's going to be riding the ra- the Rancor by the end of the of the series. Which I'll tell you honestly, I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, yeah. 
And it's a nice reference to, you know, he's, when he mentions he's ridden Beast 10 times the size of Rancors. And yeah. It's a, a nice reference to the holiday special when... Wait, in sorry, the, what is that? <laughs> Wait a minute, what? <laughs> when he's riding the, uh, uh, the, I think it's pronounced the uh, Ithodont, right? Or the, the giant dragon-like creature in the Faithful Wookiee animated short oh got it so yeah cool 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 references yeah. wink, wink, there. Yeah. Yeah. to be else, fair uh, the fans yeah. that have seen it were just grown in, in the, <laughs> <laughs> the i mean time. in all fairness though <laughs> the animated part of the holiday special is by far the best part of it oh yeah that's and all i've heard i yeah. argue it's actually like a decent star wars cartoon yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty good it's pretty good um so so th- this is where we get, I think, one of the best, best cameos so far of the whole series. Pelimoto in the background of yes! Mos Eisley. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Which was cool God. to see, too. I like that. And oh, we get an explanation for, we get to see the Stormtrooper helmets being placed on the pikes. Uh, not the pikes was... with a Y, but the Oh, my God. Sticks. William, yeah. you just <laughs> left field this one, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, hey, I, I knew she was too. there. Thank you for bringing that up. But how can you sit here and throw shade on Danny Trejo? I mean, come <laughs> on. I mean, by far. I, I will be honest. That it kind of took me out of Star Wars. Yes, <laughs> yes, Aaron, I'm with you. Oh, no. He's he's a very cool actor. But it, it, oh, yes, I was like, and and I'm happy for him. He looks he looked genuinely excited to be uh-huh. involved. But I was just kind of like. Oh. But I thought of the actor. I didn't think of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. First of all, how dare you assume it's not just him? Maybe this is what he does in his off time. <laughs> He's not named, to be fair. He's, He's just Rancor, Rancor Keeper. So maybe his name his name is Danny Trejo. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. No, no, no. you forgot. Yeah, they'll give him a cool, like, mixy, mixed up name. Like, um, um, what was, what was uh, George Lucas's name when he was... Uh, Baron Papanoida yeah, or something. Baron Papanoida, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, and then, um, you know, Trapper Wolf from Mandalorian. And yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure they'll give him like some kind of cool jumbled name that still very obviously will be his. <laughs> honestly, honestly, the best name for him, the chief. Done. End of story. Yeah. Period. I'm 100% behind it. Yep. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Done. Bam. So, this is Killer Guac. I wonder if he. I wonder if that's how he was able to knock out the uh, rancor was with his killer guac. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, you're, you're, you're yeah. Well, he, yeah, I, I'm torn. Like 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 you, Aaron. I thought it was cool, but it also just felt like oh, there's Danny Trejo from like you know all the Robert Rodriguez movies, and you know of course like you know, uh, I I grew up. I was the right age when Spy Kids came out, you know. So I was like, oh, there's you know the guy from Spy Kids and everything. <laughs> I've seen Spy Kids, oh. and that's not the first place I go to when I when I see Danny Trejo. <laughs> oh, I go to either gosh. that or The Flash. Honestly, when I see him, yeah. so but but not Spy Kids. <laughs> oh, um, but we do get some really cool. I, I, we've seen this in, the, you know, in other Star Wars medium, but the first time on screen, we've really seen more backstory about the rancors and how they're not just mm-hmm. the evil giant, you know, rah, uh, monsters. I thought that we got some of it. that in uh, Bad Batch. In Bad we Batch. Had to go find uh, that, that's true. Uh, yeah. That's we haven't seen it in live rancor. action. That's... We've seen it in Bad Batch. Um, and yeah, and that, yeah, Bad Batch tried to humanize the humanize, <laughs> um, <laughs> rancorize the, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yes, I mean, I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, what's the polite way to put this, but like Rancors are clearly like the pit bulls of the Star Wars universe. They've got kind of a bad rap because they're a bunch of people <laughs> like Jabba that have done wrong by the Rancors. Mm-hmm. But really, they're just big, cuddly sweethearts. And it's, you know, it's OK. And you should I mean, you can't ride a pit bull, but you can ride a right. Rancor. Like and that sounds pretty cool. Person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. As Aaron, as Aaron said, to one on. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Now, Although, now you that's, know, go ahead, Mochi... In Bad Batch, like, is clearly, um, you know, uh, starts to to bond with the the Batch, so and Omega. So I don't know. Like, it's, I guess we'll see. Maybe maybe it's not quite the first and only 
I'll have to imagine that's also not the first human, the first person that this Rancor has ever seen. And it might be... God. I don't know if, like, we could probably do a podcast on it. But, like, my guess would be if you don't do it, Rancors probably aren't strongly attached to any single person. Mm -hmm. But if you put the blinders on them when they're young and then they don't ever see anyone then that makes them, you know, attach more strongly to mm-hmm. the first person they see or something like that. And and it is funny because I did see something on the internet. Remember, everything on the internet is true. There was a thing <laughs> about the, <laughs> yes, about the original handler from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And now you kind of get the feeling of why the handler was so heartbroken uh, yeah. when Luke actually killed his favorite buddy, Rancor. Are, are we so. going to see Danny Trejo in tears at some point in this, <laughs> in this series? <laughs> Well, it, it depends. I'm on calling it now. Boba develops this really great relationship with the Rancor. Uh, and then at the end, the Rancor is going to take a bullet for Boba and die. And they try William, to you've already side. killed the Tusken Raiders. Tuscan. Do you want yeah. more blood on your hands? Um, I'm sorry. On second thought, the uh, the Mos Vespas uh, take a bullet for there Boba. There you <laughs> go. Much better. <laughs> Oh, oh, Vespa Vespas. <laughs> I, I love I, that I name. Think, I, I don't know how do, I didn't think of that. That's great. I, I think for the heck of it, I'm going to design a logo that's going to say instead of the Ion Cannon podcast, it's going to be the Mas uh, Espa Vespas. No, no, kidding, 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 <laughs> kidding. Although I'm so kidding. Does this mean at like the next celebration we're going to have like a big get together in the parking lot of the convention center, and everyone's just going to pull up on their their little Vespa scooters that they've rented? Only if they're brightly colored. Why not? Oh, that would be funny. We have the road squadron that comes from all over. Why not? I guarantee you someone is going to cosplay as the Mas Espa Vespas. Yeah. 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 There's enough time. There's enough time for people to put it together. Oh, and one more thing on that before we, you know, the, um, I did like how, you know, it felt very much like something George Lucas would have loved, you know, and would Mm -hmm. love, right? Because the, and would have wanted to do in, in in the series. It's a little out of left field, but it's you know like it very much reminds me of like the classic cars, you know, with different co- bright colors. Well, yeah, and it's American graffiti. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it has exactly. American, it's very American, American graffiti. graffiti. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Which, if it was put in there for that reason, that is a great nod to George Lucas. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing against it. Yeah. Even though we've talked about that would know, make the, sense the pros and, yeah. and cons. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that. That chase sequence, though, um, I think it was brought up briefly earlier. The Majordomo yeah. runs away, hops in a speeder, and and the Mas Espa Vespas give pursuit. <sighs> he, the um, I just want to start by saying the the worst part of this in my mind is that at the end of the chase, after the Vespas have chased him down, Boba Fett just jetpacks <laughs> in and is like, "Thanks for catching them." And all, I'm just like, I just. I want to see Boba going through the city streets as he attempts to like catch a, a fleeing speeder, not uh-huh. the Vespas. You know, Stephen, I thought of you when that happened because I was like, we've been talking this whole season about why Boba hasn't used his jetpack, and then he just and, at, at the end of the yeah. chase, he just he just yeah. and it, again, it's very clearly like a budget <laughs> thing. Like that shot, you can tell it's the like, okay, we're gonna like put you in like a uh, I don't know what do you call it, like one of the a sat not a saddle like we're gonna put some ropes around you and we're gonna lift you straight up into the air and that'll be your entrance and exit for the jetpack because anything more than that requires like actual wires and we don't have the budget for that but <laughs> please i just want to see boba jetpack I, around i don't care about slow speeder chases on vespas i, I do was, worry okay, that wait, maybe wait, wait. they stretched the budget a little too far on that sequence just because for the the mandalorian and the book of boba fett have always had super high production value and yeah. it's looked fantastic. This chase sequence did not live up to that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it felt very, very fake. I, I would, I would not going can, on though. Yeah. I, I, and, that, and, and Aaron, I agree. But for me, it, it seemed like it was not a slow speed chase. It wasn't a high speed chase. It was kind of like in the middle medium, spe- medium mm. speed chase. Like you could run alongside them. And catch yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And and again and again. Boba didn't even need that jetpack. Yeah. And and again, going going with my major domo. Then I understand that. Do you guys remember somewhere in Guardians of the Galaxy where everything started blowing up? Uh, Glenn Close was trying to do this frantic running away, and it just kind of didn't work. 
that's kind of how the major domo reminds me of this somewhere within you know gardens of the galaxy this this frantic glenn close somehow he watches and go i got to be like this frantic it doesn't work but i got to be frantic because i'm like oh my god driving away um so i just yeah i mean the most exciting thing i got out of that chase was that he crashed into a cart of melee runs (laughs) yes and yes they drove through ralph mcquarrie artwork which is so cool yeah that was awesome that was also painful. <laughs> yeah, sat. Oh, heartbreaking to see. It was but, fake. Yeah. Somebody probably did it from a printer. Although I think they they erased Luke Skywalker from from the artwork. I believe. Uh, so it was just Jabba. Uh, but it's kind of I mean, that cool. would make sense. Yeah, it's a cool in universe way to use Ralph McQuarrie. You know, I love it. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> but you're right. The melee run fruit. Oh, that was that was also uh, <laughs> sad to see. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, overall, I think the it's cool. I, I want to see more with how the the special abilities in the mods, because uh, like you know the the extending spiked mechanical leg was cool, and how mm-hmm. um, Scad has that bionic eye. There's some interesting concepts with them. I'd love to see that used more. Um, well, there's how many episodes That's- left? Yeah. Four. Uh, yeah. Four. Yeah. 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 Um, but I guess, you know, they, they capture the major domo and he, he reveals it, of course, as we all knew, Mayor Moksha is, is working with the Pikes, uh, who, by the way, uh, or actually, no, it was the Pike earlier in the episode was played by Phil Lamar, who, um, who fans will know as having played. Uh, Kit, Kit Fisto, Fisto and Bail Organa <laughs> in the in the Clone Wars and uh, Rebels, etc., and a bunch of other characters. So that was that's cool. Uh, he's he's making his way into live action. Um, but yeah, I guess the the Pikes have arrived on Tatooine in force. Does that so so like is that the what ultimately is going to happen? Is it going to be war with the Pikes, or are we going to is it going to switch to some other antagonist again? I would hope something because you've got to give Boba Fett something to do other than walk around and put his uh, Vespa Espa gang uh, (laughs) to like do whatever. Um, What do you think, Aaron? Oh, no more fetch quests. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I I mean, they they seem like a pretty big bad to me, especially since, you know, they're coming from uh, a large crime syndicate that we already knew of. And, you know, we run into them when the Clone Wars and we know Darth Maul doesn't want to touch them. And, um, yeah, I, I would say that they're probably going to be the big bad. Yeah, it does kind yeah. of feel like they, this plot or the story for the first three episodes has been Boba trying to, like, unpack the intrigues of Mos Espa and, like, whether the, the it was... I don't know, written as well as I would have liked. But, like, it feels like we finally, like, okay, the Pikes are here. They're moving, I mean, an army. But, I mean, their army is, like, 12 people for the moment. But regardless. They, I mean, they, they did say at least, uh, they actually exactly said it, a dozen at least Pikes. So, yeah, it is yeah. relatively small. Um, but what's interesting yeah. is, like, you know, we know that, uh, you know, Kira is kind of going up against the Pikes. We know that Maul runs the shadow collective and the pikes are a part of that. So there's a lot of potential to start bringing in these other characters, uh, theoretically. So I'm going to throw this out there. Do you think because we're setting all this up, we might see any kind of reference to Darth Maul or, or, you know, Crimson Dawn. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. I would not be surprised. So, I don't know if anyone else has any thoughts, but I, I, I feel like they might try it. to do it. Yeah. yeah. I think we'll see it. I, I would think that would probably be see the what, last and Don? Yeah, potentially. Or yeah. Kira or something. Yeah. I, I would think that would be the last episode that will get you hooked into if there's a season two. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Or hooked into something else. So... Well, Boba said he's ready for war, and we know that there are those scenes in the trailers of him with the giant table um, that 
uh, with all the beings around it that they haven't shown yet. Probably once he's amassed all of the locals, maybe they're going to try to fight against the pikes and drive them off planet. You know, they're not from Tatooine. Get them out of here. Hmm. Now, didn't you guys find it fascinating that they made the big deal when before the show Boba Fett even aired, they said that the commercials that we saw had only footage from the first episode. That kind of wasn't the case. That's, yeah, that's yeah, not no. true. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Or maybe they <laughs> meant just the, like the here. initial trailers that we got, and then they kind of uh, they they were Expand releasing a couple us. new spots yeah. closer the closer away we got. So yeah. I think some of the newer spots might have more extended looks. I think if we parse, if I if I recall correctly, they what the comment was like, we we're only showing. We can't show episodes from any more than the first half of the episode of the premiere mm. because it would be a spoiler, which technically, if you parse it, could mean, oh, we're showing it from the first half of the season premiere and then other episodes, but we're not going to show the second half of the season premiere because it would spoil that Boba's working with the Tuscans or gets captured by the Tuscans, but mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like that big of a spoiler. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> As far as like, you know, scenes in a trailer go, but, um, I don't know. Overall, Aaron, I'd love to hear what, what are your, what have been your thoughts on this, on this show? Do you have like a favorite episode so far? Um, I thought the second one was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. It's, it's a new ride. I'm just like, I have tried to stay away from like all the trailers and, um, extra videos and stuff. And like, I just try to experience it just for what it is and not build up like huge, huge expectations about stuff. Um, and then I don't like going into like a bunch of speculation, like all the crazy fan theories that are out there that I'm sure are fantastic, <laughs> but I, I, I caused myself a lot of problems going into the last Jedi with a whole bunch of like expectations and like, Oh, reading all these fan theories and stuff. And yeah, it was, it was bad. So, so I'm trying to stay pretty clean, just, you know, enjoy it as it comes. Try not to just devour everything as, you know, anything and everything that I can find. So I've enjoyed it. It's it's different. It's a different pace than The Mandalorian. But it's they're setting up a lot of good stories, I think. So having all of those starting to come together has been kind of exciting. And I... Mm-hmm. Um, the the Tuscan flashbacks have kind of surprised me, but in, in a good way. Um, I'm I'm glad that we're getting a little bit more on their culture and that they're not just like these terrible raiders that just you know steal everything and um, cause problems. They actually are trying to defend their own land. And boy, that sounds like a familiar uh, <laughs> familiar plight. Uh, but the Jawas are still terrible. So, <laughs> <laughs> what else is there? Yeah, the, the Mandalorian proved that they're just still, still terrible. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, the one thing that I um, uh, the at least with the flashbacks and stuff is the I didn't expect to feel so much like. Well, I mean, yes, maybe it's kind of expected, but when he started having those Camino flashbacks, like I just had this visceral like. <gasps> Oh my gosh! Because you know we just saw it destroyed in the Bad Batch, right. and then uh. he's having all of these these uh, you know memories slash um, dreams about it. And I'm like, oh, Camino, <laughs> 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 the water planet, and of course he's in the desert. So we, that uh, that was a nice to, touch. I thought we have to see him get Slave One back at some point, right? Yeah, well, like they keep think, showing the ship in the flashbacks. Yeah. That's, you know what? I'm going to say time will tell right now. Time's going to tell. We sorry, have, Aaron. I want to do too much speculation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, oh, that's yeah. what I come on this, sh- this show for, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I don't, I don't sit around and just, you know, devour all the threads I can every day right, or anything. Right. So <laughs> it's all good. Uh, um, one other, so interesting- we, uh, Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say one other interesting thing before we get into our final uh, our final thoughts on the episode. 
uh, I was actually re- there was an interview um, with uh, NME on on YouTube with uh, Tamara Morrison. Another interesting interview. He's been revealing a lot this week, um, talking about how he has actually been advocating. He thinks Boba Fett speaks too much in the series and has been advocating mm-hmm. to have him speak less. He said as much as possible. He's been trying to get uh, Ming Na Wen to say the lines or, or cut out lines and uh, to, to try to make Boba more of a silent character as much as possible with fewer lines. I thought that was really interesting. And I wanted to get all of your thoughts on that. I mean, yeah. it's in line with what we knew from before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a man of very few words. It yeah, is tough. Very, very, um, few words spoken yeah for sure yeah it definitely is a like a tough balance though because we like we it's talked his show. About, <laughs> yeah that's oh, true and we need to know what his motivation is and what he's thinking and why he's doing the things he's doing and i do think the show is weaker because we've gotten less of that than i i think it probably needed although that's not necessarily uh i guess that doesn't require words there might be other ways they can do that um that are more you know Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily. I, I, I kind of agree with Tamara Morrison that maybe she, should, he, Boba should speak less, but you know, but we still need to get his, you know, motivations, of course. And I think that can be right. done in other ways. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. He's been uh, revealing a lot this week. <laughs> well. I'm sure his uh, moratorium's been lifted a little bit, so mm-hmm. yeah. he's like, oh, I can finally say stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, should we get into our final thoughts? St- Steven, you want to go first? Yeah, go Steven. Uh, you yeah, would Steven, put me up. on the spot. Okay. <laughs> Someone's uh, got to be. Just not me. <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set one end of our spectrum for this episode. Uh, I think... I'm gone, I've gone back and forth a little bit as we've been talking. I do think us, just as as you predicted, William, I think this has raised my evaluation of the episode a little bit compared to where I thought it was going to be. I still think I'm going to have to give it, I think I'm going to go five and a half Womp Rats. Ooh. It, there were elements of this episode that I enjoyed. Uh, but I like the previous episodes have had something that I thought worked really well. The first episode had the Tuscan Raider flashback. The second episode had the Tuscan Raider flashback. This episode was missing that connective glue for me. Um, the biggest and by far best part was the stuff with Danny Trejo and the Rancor, just because I, I liked that sequence and that, you know, scene. But the Vespa stuff just felt, it fell really flat for me, honestly. It wasn't, like, I love the idea of, like, this cyber-modded kind of, half droid half people vibe that they were presenting and i just feel mm-hmm. like it the way it was done is not what i really wanted to see and like i said i have nothing against people who did enjoy it but it just that didn't work for me the chase scene didn't work for me and i felt like those were the kind of main thrusts of the episode um which leaves me at you know five and a half out of ten womp rats um i am going to say though that uh you know Really, so you could almost call it six Womp Rats, because half of one one of the Womp Rats, the, the half, actually, wait, let me, hang on, so I gotta do my math. Really, there are 10 Womp Rats, <laughs> as you know. Yes. So there are 10 Womp Rats, but each of them has cybernetically modified themselves by about half. So really, there's only five and a half Womp Rats and like five and a half like droid parts but as we all know like, that's just it's not the same and we and we have a very strict womp rat rating scale we don't rate on droids if we if this was a droid rating scale i'd have to give them a 10 out of 20 with, but it's not so five and a half obviously that, that's the only thing that makes sense here Oh, I don't know who gosh. wants to follow that one because that was too much <laughs> math for me, man. Yeah, please just put me out of my misery. Someone else go. No, Tom, why don't you go? Oh God, gonna, you I put me I on the spot. I'm gonna put you on the spot. All right, I I'm gonna. God, thanks for thanks for putting me on the spot. I know you <laughs> set the example for that end. I'm gonna come up to a 6.5 rating on this. I I think for me, what made the episode. I'm sorry, Danny Trejo. Uh, got it. And also also to see Black uh, 
Cassandra come back. Um, that made the episode. Um, the 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 mayor's major domo still, and the Mas Espa Vespas. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the used car dealership that's going to have all those for sale in the next episode. Um, so, you know what? I really think this show, and I've said this before, it's building a very slow burn. There is something coming. And this was just another episode that just keeps moving everything forward. I, so I'm going to take my six and a half Womp Rats. And actually my six and a half Womp Rats are going to start clearing a little area within Mos Espa so they can start building their own little dealership to sell the Mos Espa Vespas. Are these Womp Rat-sized Mas Espa Vespas, or are they human-sized Vespas? Steven, that's why there's only a half of one, because they were trying to do uh, it as a human size, and that didn't work. So that's never, why they're six and a half. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, but they'll have the nice little area somewhere in Mas Espa where they'll sell their Vespas. With lots of mirrors, by the way. <laughs> lots and lots of mirrors. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> Please explain that. <laughs> Anyway, who wants to go next? I'll 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 go and Aaron, you can you can wrap things up. Uh, so, oh, you know, thank you. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so, you know, I I I really like the hut dynamic, you know, and I, I was kind of bummed to see them disappear so far. I guess we'll we'll see. Uh, the the promise of the the pikes coming in is super interesting. Uh, getting the um, uh, the of course the battle with with black chrysanthemum was very cool. The, the rancor was awesome. Even if Danny Trejo took me a little bit out of the episode. Um, so there's a really a lot to like, I didn't like the, 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 the mods as well. The Mas Espa Vespas, uh, and the chase sequence just didn't quite live up to the, the special effects that star Wars is, is known for, unfortunately. Um, but that's okay. You know, I, I think this was still a, a, a fun episode and it's laying the groundwork for uh, what's going to happen next week and in the last few episodes of the of this uh, this show. So uh, overall, I'm going to give it. Actually, I'm, I'm I'm with you, Tom. I'm going to give it six and a half Womp Rats out of ten. And uh, my my six and a half Womp Rats are. Uh, Boba left them behind at the the Tusking camp to kind of watch over it and make sure that the the Nikto don't come in uh, the Kinton Striders gang and, and cause any more trouble, even though it's all been destroyed They're They're, they're standing guard out there in the Dune Sea. Mm. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> okay, Aaron, you're going to wrap us up. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, um, I agree with what a lot of y'all said. Um, it, it definitely, as we've talked, it, it definitely is starting to feel like this is, the calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kind of started something, and like Tom said, it's a slow burn. It's it's building up to to hopefully something really really cool. Um, some of the stuff didn't really work for me this episode, um, like the the gang, the street gang, and the and the rancor keeper. But um, it it still has me intrigued. I'm still, you know waiting for more. I want to uh, see where this is going and really excited about it. So um, I'm going to give it six Womp Rats and my six Womp Rats are going to, uh, what are they going to do? Maybe, maybe they're going to hang on the back of the, um, the hut's little platform thing and like, be a spy, be <laughs> spy womp rats for, for Bobus to, to see if he, they're going to actually stay out of the way like they said they were, or if they're going to come back and bite him in the ass. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, so yeah, six, six womp rats. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, yeah, next next week we have the Book of Boba Fett Chapter Four. We know nothing about it as usual, but um, excited to uh, discuss whatever happens next. Like you said, Aaron, I think they're building up to something big, and they're 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 kind of getting all the the pieces in place. 
for what I'm sure will be a big uh, last couple of episodes. So I uh, just want to thank you so much for for coming back on the podcast and, yeah, and joining us. This is fun, as always. Oh, I'm so excited. Glad to, glad to be back hanging out with with you guys. Yeah. Hopefully see you all at maybe Celebration. Yes, we'll oh, be I'll there. Be, we'll be we there. We'll be there. Yes. Um, Yay! So excited it's to see my, you. And everyone else. Excited. Yeah. He's bringing like four helmets with him. <laughs> he's, been, he's been doing helmets like crazy. So. All right. Yeah. Love it. I mean, I will probably be bringing, let's see. I've taken a different picture in the 501st group photo every celebration. I, I've taken mm. a different costume. Nice. Um, and which one am I going to have? <laughs> I need to get my, my original Stormtrooper finished so I can take that one in the group uh, photo. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got to decide out of the 12 lightsabers I have, which one is going to go? <laughs> oh, boy. Decisions, decisions. You're, I know. You can, like, bring a different one every day. <laughs> yeah, that's what my son said. That's what you can my swap them out said. at lunch, too. You got yeah, plenty. really. I mean, yeah. I, I literally pulled a Padme the first celebration I went to as uh, uh, the first one I was 501st. I brought all of my costumes, and I literally changed four costumes in one day. Wow. Oh. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. That was not fun. I don't recommend it. But I... <laughs> Got to be in different group photos and the different, uh, the main Legion photo, the detachment photos, and then I think the, it's either dinner, the bash, or the banquet. I can't remember which, but uh, yeah, I changed four times. <laughs> wow. It was That's fun. Awesome. Well, that was cool. I, I also very, like, I, my stuff just exploded everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait. It'll be, it'll be here before we know it. Yeah, well, uh, so yeah, we'll be there and it'll be uh, it'll be a great time. I hopefully uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what kind of news we get. Right. Um, I, there's a lot of stuff happening this year. We've got, of course, season two of uh, the Bad Batch. We've got Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. We have, mm-hmm. uh, I think, the um, Andor uh, Andor is Acolyte. supposed to hit, come out this year. Right. There's mm-hmm. a lot of shows this year alone. Yeah. Mandalorian season three. How could yeah. we? How, how could we forget? Um, I'm sure we'll hear something about acolyte too. Yeah, acolyte's coming and at some hopefully point. Ahsoka. Yes, yeah, and Ahsoka. so, but like, and there's so many shows that are supposed to premiere this year alone that yeah. it'd be very interesting to see. Like, do we get a a series premiere at Celebration? Do we get? Uh, I, I I could see that happening. Do do we get? Uh, uh, of course, we'll get lots of news. So, I'm excited. So am I. I Get hyped. excited. Well, <laughs> uh, Aaron, um, for those who don't know already, uh, don't already follow you, where can they see and hear more from you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Verjixguard, uh, both. So um, nobody knows how to spell it or pronounce it, so it's fine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> We've got you linked in the show notes, too. So. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. So, yeah. Follow me there, um, and then come see me at Celebration. <laughs> yes, in your awesome, awesome costumes. <laughs> so, uh, cool. Well, thank you again for joining us, and we'll be back next week with Chapter 4. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.